Welcome to the inaugural 2014 episode of Prognosis Podcast here at the Plainfield School of Music. We are uh, uh, here with some new equipment that Chris put together. We have all these toys in here. We might as well try and record properly. Yeah. Are we going to sound good? No, we're definitely Thank not going to sound good because we have no talent. We each have individual microphones now. Wow. And a... Uh, uh, mixing board on Chris's iPad. This is a vast improvement over the uh, portable tape recorder. Watch we it totally using. suck. But you know, but on the bright are... side, you can put this into your garage band or whatever you use on this, and like you can put like a massive quantity of reverb on Aaron. Make him sound like <laughs> God. I don't already. Oh, these are gonna be no. individual tracks now. Yeah. Oh, this is gonna be this is gonna be interesting. It's really it easy could to be. work with. Yeah. Let me know if you have trouble. You can pan Aaron and hard left and me hard yeah. right. And you dead center. That's I don't know if you listened to our uh, Christmas episode, but I was playing around with panning left and right on the uh, <laughs> on the song overlays I was putting in. Matt gets bored really easily. No, yeah. that's fantastic. <laughs> I would like to add that uh, we are still without a beer sponsor. However, we have all this equipment that we need to pay for, uh, but we would gladly just accept beer as payment. So if uh, if you're a beer company that makes amazing shit and you want us to rip it apart live on the internet i like how aaron says like we've got all this equipment that we need to pay for but it's all fucking my equipment <laughs> and you've already paid for it shut the fuck up guys it's radio god you're horrible at this chris uh do you want to talk about the beer that we're uh, enjoying right now not so much <laughs> <laughs> nice segue <laughs> yeah uh, so uh we uh, started up here we opened a, a, a 1090 uh imperial porter which is uh Nice, peppery, like actually spicy, peppery porter. Um, the problem is that it exploded immediately and dumped beer all over my place, which is really annoying. So we don't accept sponsorships from them, although the beer was tasty. Um, and then we went to Hayoka from Half Acre, which is a quickly finding favor with our group of idiots. Um, nice citrusy flavor, um, a lot of conventional hops. I think there's one hop that I was told... Uh, at the brewery that, like, uh, Seven Seas or something like that, which is not listed on the website uh, in the beer description, so I'm not sure if that's correct or if that's the secret hop. Mm. In case you listen to our podcast for your home brewing information, now you know. Uh, having completed that beer... <laughs> right. Having completed that beer, we've moved on to Eclipse. Uh, it's 2013, the Orange Wax, which is the use of the High West... High West Bourbon Barrel, barrel yep. So it's just specifically High West Bourbon, yeah. So uh, from the fifty yeah. fifty brewing company. Um, I would say that. it's what. What are your what's your opinion on that beer, Aaron? The fifty fifty. Yeah, it, talking to the mic actually. It, it I was talking. No, you're mic. like way too far away. Nothing, I don't think so. You're, okay, I'm you're very fired. loud and I have a lot of mids in my voice. But uh, so far, impressions on this beer are. I'm not sure the base stout this year is all that great. Like it aged really well, but like normal. Uh, you know, normal Eclipse, this this tastes a little bit oxidized, like the, the original, like the base stout was a little... Shouldn't be. Shouldn't be oxidized yet. So that's, that is that is a little bit weird. But I've had bottles of this stuff fresh that tasted good and fresh that tasted bad, and this is a little bit cold still. So as we progress, we may find this to be a better beer. I do find there's a lot of bourbon flavor in this, which is nice. The 
the mouthfeel is a little thin. Um, but um, I do remember when we opened some bottles from last year, I did enjoy them immediately. But um, as the year passed, I started finding I liked them more. So Yeah, I think this is actually uh, – I think this is pretty balanced. This is a pretty good um, example of the style and – so I have no complaints about it. It probably wouldn't be the best out of all of their, uh, all the bottles this year. I'm guessing it's something like more conventional, like a Four Roses, would just be by default, just a tiny bit better. Um, my personal preference on bourbon, I tend to like, you know, more Kentucky than you know, people trying to replicate Kentucky elsewhere. Yeah, and I have a few more bottles at home. I think we're, we're going to bring one each week. And uh, which other ones did you get? Did you get the purple wax. We got the purple wax. That's a coffee. Yep, and uh, silver wax, and I um, can't remember what the other one was. Maybe red wax. We got a few more old ones. Yeah, this year there's a, there's a whole different coating system for the color. So yeah. Anyways, uh, so barrel bourbon in the cold weather. It's beautiful. It's a good thing. I'm on board. I have no complaints. <laughs> All right, so uh, what we're going to do this time, I think, for this podcast, uh, the whole point of this is is music anyways, and I think we've pretty much established at this point that Matt doesn't hate progressive rock as much as he thinks he hates it. He hates production concepts, and he hates uh, what some prog people like. I think he just hates prog people being allowed to be happy more than he hates the prog music. I just hate people being happy in general. That's probably fair. So uh, yeah. Anyways, we're gonna stick along with that theme, and we're gonna we're gonna bust out a new song. But this time, instead of having the lyrics ahead of time, um, we're gonna put the tune on, oh, and we're gonna yeah, we'll let Matt listen to it. And Changing then, things up in the new year. Yeah. Why the hell not? We're changing everything. And, you know, usually in my in, in most things, I like to change one little variable at a time and uh-huh. see how that affects things. Like when I brew, I do the same thing. You're the dude who went to the gym on January first, then January second, just laid in bed. No, I don't go to the fucking gym. But uh, yeah, so. I usually like to change one thing. Now we're changing everything. <laughs> <laughs> we're on three three different mics, which is hysterical. Uh, so there's no consistency whatsoever. I feel very constricted. They're all the specifically ripping off an SM58 anyways, so they're all, even the giant one. I have no idea what that means. Oh, see, you're, that's why you're a That's why he hates production, see? Yeah, maybe. If I know what the mic is, then they must be sellouts. I fear what I don't understand. Right, exactly. <laughs> So, yeah, anyways, we're going to put on a tune. Uh, we'll make Matt listen to it, suffer through it, and then we will resume and listen to Matt's gripes and complaints and um, listen to Aaron dismiss them, as usual. So uh, hang out with us uh, for about three seconds while Matt finds some clever transition music. We're back. Hey, we're back. So uh, we just made uh, Matt listen to the entirety of Siberian Katru from Yes, which is an awesome song. Um, it's kind of like an impressionist thing, so it doesn't really have any meaning whatsoever. Is my, it's, my uh, opinion. it's especially meaningful as we look outside the building right now. Yes, we're in, in the, the Siberia. We're in Siberia. Yeah. yeah, that's right. So That's such crap. Is that why you picked this song? Not, not, not for me. Aaron actually kind of picked it. He said we should do that, so we did that. But uh, <laughs> that's how that worked. I like when Aaron talks in that voice. I talk like this, Aaron. <laughs> Aaron. 
Apparently, I have voices. I come from other country. Indeed. Yeah, anyways, uh, Siberian Katru. So it's you'll find a ton of different – well, anybody who actually knows yes or cares about this that would actually put the time in will find a ton of different, like, potential meanings of this song. And I'm pretty much convinced that they're all full of shit, um, that there is no meaning to the song whatsoever. There's a lot of references to, uh, to birds. Birds. Enjoy the birds. So I think that's about all there is. But I really think this is meant to be, like, an impressionist thing, so it's like the words don't really matter, which is one way to go because, for me, if you – make crappy lyrics you and i can tell what you're saying that's a big problem for me so if you can just kind of like gurgle or like speak unintelligibly like i tend to um then i can tolerate your bad lyrics but in this so you like obituary case, then too <laughs> so anyways uh yeah here's the uh here's the lyrics matt you can go ahead and read these off if you like and you'll enjoy especially the part where this guy whoever made these lyrics or wrote these out um included some of the scatting which is great <laughs> That'll be beautiful. All right, enjoy. <laughs> Sing, bird of prey, beauty begins at the foot of you. Do you believe the manor? Gold stainless nail torn through the distance of man as they regard the, the summit. Even Siberia goes through the motions. Hold out and hold up. Hold down the window. Outbound river. Hold out the morning that comes into view. Blue tail, tail fly. River running right on over my head. How does she sing? Who holds the ring? And ring, and you will find me coming. Cold reigning king, hold all the secrets from you as they produce the movement. Even Siberia goes through the motions. Hold out and hold up. Hold down the window. Outbound river. Hold out the morning that comes into view. Blue tail, tail fly. Running river right over the outbound river. Blue tail, tail fly. Luther in time. Do nit do nit da to dit to dit da. That's beautiful. Hold down the window. Hold out the morning that comes into view. Warm side, the tower. Green leaves reveal the heart-spoken katru. Gold stainless nail torn through the distance of man as they regard the summit. Cold reigning king, shelter the women that sing as they produce the movement. River running right on over, then over my head. Outboard river. Blue tail, tail fly, Luther in time. Sun tower asking, cover lover. June cast, moon fast as one changes. Heart gold, lever, soul mark, mover, Christian changer, called out, savior, moon gate, climber, turn round, glider. I agree those are entirely meaningless. <laughs> <laughs> I believe that's the, the point. It's like, an, it's like an impressionist painting, although it was made by John Anderson, Wakeman, Chris Squire, Steve Howe. And Alan White. You're forgetting the most important person in the band. No. So I, I dig on the uh, – I'm always a fan of Steve Howe's weird, weird guitar playing. Like, there's so many, like, cool conventional ideas. But I've always felt that um, he's got this thing where when he plays, um, it sounds kind of like anybody anybody who plays music, any guitarist in particular, you ever play through a delay pedal and you put the mix 100% wet and then you put the, uh, the delay level – down so that you're maybe 10 milliseconds or 15 milliseconds back. So it basically puts a delay on your playing, but you don't hear the original note. It's kind of like that's what his built-in personal timing is. So he's always like behind the beat, but not in a swingy kind of way. It's like the exact opposite. It's like, you know, it's like it's it's rushing to catch up kind of sound, which I think is really amusing. Nobody else sounds like Steve Howe. It's like immediately distinguishable among guitar players, in my opinion. I think so, that's a valid opinion. I think it's cool. This is a 
this is a prog rock masterpiece. Like this song in particular, uh, yes, as a band, obviously, um, you know, the the Hall of Fame of prog. I think they should be the first band inducted, not just because their music is awesome, but because they're the ones who really take like artistic freedom with it. They have point counterpoint melodies. They really aren't interested in what the audience thinks of what they're performing like they make music for them and uh you know it's it's clear like when you listen to this song the the things that affect me about it are like the the efforts they go through to make you latch on to a part of a groove to take it away from you intentionally like the like chris squire's baseline will come through and get you enraptured like it'll it'll suck you in that bass is so aggressive and it's so driving and then they will purposely like wakeman will purposely take that away from you with a rush of synth or a, an entire blast of organ that like just jars your consciousness out of whatever groove you were in intentionally and uh you know orchestrally speaking um you know in in the the grand arrangement of things I think that uh, yes is kind of akin to, to Berlioz and classical, where like Berlioz broke a lot of conventions to to frighten the audience. <laughs> like he 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 decided to be a little bit more aggressive than Beethoven. He his harmonies and his more uh, appropriately his disharmony. There was a lot of you know uh, angry chords and just you know evil sounding music that came out of Berlioz, probably because he was he was really high on morphine. But um, you know that's another thing. Like when I when I close my eyes and listen to Yes, it takes me to it takes me to a different place. Like you can you can almost picture maybe you know like Siberia. Not not necessarily <laughs> like more like a fantasy Siberia, like Crystal Fantas- Mountains. You a, he is a fantasy. Siberia. Yeah, like Crystal Mountains and orange skies crystal and like Hall. weird. No, yeah, like weird <laughs> black unicorns and like you know fucking you know pale you know gray rainbows or something i don't know fucking yes takes me to a very scary place in my head it's another and it's really awesome. cool thing about uh, about yes too there's like lots of bands where when you do know the lyrics or you think you know the lyrics and you, and you sing along with them in your car by yourself because you think nobody behind you knows you're singing and they do they totally know you're singing i know that you're singing when you're singing in your car just assume that but anyways uh <laughs> So you're singing in your car, singing along to a song, and like it'll be like blinded by the light, <laughs> wrapped up like a what the fuck is going on? Okay, like one of those or like a Jimi Hendrix, excuse me while I kiss this guy. Wait a minute, that's not the real word. Well, with yes, you can know the real words and you still feel like you don't know the real words like because it doesn't make a lick of sense. There are songs that are like like popular on classic rock radio where the lyrics just mean like straight up nothing. Like it's straight up like randomness. It's kind of like like sonic poetry he's just trying to make he's he's stringing words spaghetti together in my opinion i'm sure i'm offending some yes scholar but i'm pretty much convinced that most people who consider themselves to be that well informed on uh, on these lyrics uh, uh don't know what the hell they're talking about just wish they were an authority try to find syllables that fit the harmonic oh, structure of the song of that kind of stuff yeah i mean like so yeah this wouldn't have been one of the first yes tunes i would uh, i would put against somebody i would make somebody listen to but most of the ones that i like best have um have far too much like um major key stuff going on and kind of really harmonic interesting stuff and i think that that doesn't work for matt by default it's my that's my suspicion so i i'm Somewhat familiar with Yes. I mean, I've heard all, all the popular Yes Owner songs. Owner of a Lonely Heart. 
That's like post yes. That's not quite the and, same thing. And. Uh, um, Growing up, I think my dad had some yes tapes. He would he would pop in the car. If your dad night. wasn't a Cubs fan, your dad would be awesome. <laughs> um, so I, I'm a little bit familiar with the yes. This I, I I don't. This song is a little too disjointed for me. I I don't mind uh, elements of the song. I think um, like Aaron was saying, you know the the kind of the interplay between the 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 keys and the and the bass was interesting, um, but to his point about how they kind of like settle on a groove and then they immediately take it away from you. Um, that was my reaction listening to the song too. And I did not like that, that, that aspect of it. This song seems to me like just a bunch of spare parts lying around that they try to assemble uh, together into something. And yeah, I, uh, I know examples. In fact, our last, our last podcast of last year was in my opinion is totally that except that all those spare parts were freaking amazing. Right? <laughs> but uh, this, this, I don't, I don't agree at all on that, but that's your opinion. You, you don't see the uh, the spare parts, uh, no. kind of. I mean, and I would I would admit it. I mean, like uh, like I, I'm not a I don't worry about that. If I enjoy the spare parts, I'm okay with somebody doing that. It usually is less of a composition to me if that's the case. But um, I hear things that you would you would do X to get to Y to get to Z. I hear that a lot. There's this song obviously is some terrifyingly composed. Like yeah. I don't think I have the the rationale to write something like this. Like I, sometimes, you know, when when you dig in as a songwriter and you've grown up on prog rock and you've grown up on fusion jazz and you're like, Oh, I can totally write something like this. Like when you hear something like this, like I have no wherewithal to write this song in my being. Like, I think it's, it comes down to the, you know, when you really consider impressionist painting, like for real, and I keep on coming back to that. I know, but when you, when you consider impressionist paint, it's painting, valid. it's the opposite of like, you know, when you're a kid and you're, you know, you're copying your favorite picture, like, you know, you could, when you start off as a kid, you might be copying like a Spider-Man, a Todd McFarlane Spider-Man or something like that, that you really wanted to copy awesome. the picture for. But then as you get like, you know, further in, you start painting, you might try and copy a famous watercolor or a famous, like a Dolly oil painting or something. And you do a terrible job of it because nobody can do that. But, uh, so, but this is the kind of thing where with impressionism, you can't copy it. I mean, you can, if you're technically brilliant, but you would be. To get to that point that you could copy it, you would know that it's not worth doing. It would be a defeatist, you know, proposition. It wouldn't be art anymore at that point. And uh, and there's such a thumbprint on this. There's such a. It's so unique. There isn't another band that could have come up with this thing that doesn't inherently make it better. It doesn't mean that it's this is better music than had they composed in a different way. But there's there's only one group of people that would ever make this sound. Whereas, you know, there's. You know, you look at a band like Dream Theater and they'll rip off Metallica and they rip off Tool and they rip off, sorry, this is probably... I'm Don't probably apologize, it's totally legit. Yeah, but I probably just offended like a, a swath of prog rock fans. Anyways, <laughs> sorry. But, uh, all 38 of them, I think we're up to 38 people yeah, right. listening to our podcast. But yeah, there's, you know, it's just when you, like there are bands that, that rip off, you, you know, rip each other off and and we're not above that. You know, we, we borrow ideas from people and, and we try and twist them and make our own. Um, you know, songs for the king and that kind. Of, and we all do that kind of stuff. Every every musician does that. But if you can, if it comes together and congeals into a format that that could only be from that group, that's kind of amazing. And you know, when I hear this music, um, the the modern equivalent, like it's, there's not equivalent at all. But the you know the closest modern approximation to this kind of thing would be like the Mars Volta. So like the Mars Volta is you know tries to be this kind of thing in more of a frenetic kind of you know psychedelic haze, way. You know, <laughs> LSD ridden. Uh, jam band kind of format but this is uh this is di- this is the first thing i mean this is this is before any of those guys were born i think i think juan already <laughs> uh the, the bassist is the only one in that band who was born when this came out i wasn't born none of us were born no. 
So yeah, it's, it's, so it's you know it's unique, and to me that's important. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. It's unique, and and um, I mean, two seconds into you playing the song, I merely knew, oh, this is yes. Uh, you can tell <laughs> Chris Squire will, is a dead giveaway immediately. Nobody sounds like him. I mean, everybody who sounds like him, it sounds like him because they're trying to be him. Like guitarist trying to be Eddie, and drummers trying to be Neil. Indeed. So on and so forth. Um. Um. So I, 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 I don't know. The goal of each episode of this podcast is trying to convince me that the song that they picked does not fucking suck. Um, I don't enjoy the song. Uh, I don't. I don't dislike Dude, all that was coming. I don't dislike everything uh, from Yes that I've heard. I haven't listened to it extensively through their catalog, um, so I don't know. The song is immediately forgettable to me. I'd probably rather listen to some other Yes songs that I've heard in the past rather than this one. This this just wasn't doing anything for me. It's just. It's too disjointed. I, I just never really could get into it. It's a hard uh, listen for Matt. Yeah, yeah. So I don't think I don't think. You're I think you should listen to this four times in your way home. I'm. Uh, I I'm will curious say, to know what you thought of the production on this song. Well, I was though. just about to say. I will say. I, I I like. I think the production on this is 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 uh you know as we've discussed in the past. I don't like the the super glossiness. This this sounded more uh you know commensurate with the the time period in which this song was made there wasn't a lot of the cheesy like um you know 8-bit synth sounds overlaid on it this is this is very much in the more kind of like psychedelic um um you know kind of like hard rock fusion type of. if you were to go on like the the raw instrumental tone of this album like what what would you say like does the does the does there polish to the instruments? Do you think, or you think the the instruments are as raw as they could be? On I this? think, I think generally it's it's relatively relatively raw. The drums are are pretty low in the mix, which I don't recall noticing on other Yes songs I've heard. Um, I don't know if that's typical on most on most Yes tracks. I I I, I noticed while listening to the song that the drums a lot of times were, were kind of like far back in the mix. Um, which maybe it's just the aesthetic they're trying to go with on this song. The, you know, the bass is very far forward in in, in places, and I generally like the tone uh, of the bass. Although I think it it moves in and out of the forefront. And I think that that's kind of the the, the idea of this song, uh, which is fine. I think the guitar tone is good. Vocals, vocal tone, you know, is processed. Uh, but yeah, you know, that's that's. Yes, they, they, that's what not they do. processed. <laughs> Actually, it's not, yeah, say, there weren't processors back then that John, could do things. That's like John that. Anderson's. Like, well, there's a lot of. There's an analog compressor on him. Right. That's and that's on everything that you want. <laughs> Don't agree with you, but you know. <laughs> it sounds processed, I guess, but. Uh, no, I don't. It's because I've, decades of recordings since this era, we're trying to recreate this sound. <laughs> maybe, maybe that's. Yeah, maybe my ears are are have been ruined. Spoiled. No, no. It's, it's definitely there's there's you know a thumbprint to the production too for sure, and this is definitely is is that whole '70s prog sound. Yeah. And, and you hear it in other bands of the era, um, and it was part of that is going to be the technical limitations or the technical upside to what what they're playing through. I mean, the boards they're recording on cost as much as my house now, and I mean, there was that was back in the era of the gatekeepers. Aaron and I, Aaron and I, were talking about yesterday. You know, you couldn't just record an album. You couldn't just go to your basement and record an album. Right. You had to go into some studio that cost a fortune and yeah. had to have like yeah. two months booked in most cases. And so, yeah, it's it's a different era. But and that's and that comes out in the sound. It comes out in all you know all the ideas. 
nobody would write lyrics like this anymore. So it's totally. I'd be happy to try. Well, I mean, nobody, <laughs> nobody would like go in and come out with this. You know, it's like well, it's totally as uh, as, as we were listening to the other day on some rough Van Halen demos, like uh, oh, so you need a lot of drugs <laughs> to get as high as we are. <laughs> so like, uh, you know, I, I think that definitely played a part of it back then. Um, playing fast and loose with chemicals will put you in a Siberian uh, headspace. You know, so. Okay. Uh, I'm just saying. Siberian headspace. Yeah, exactly. You'd you could froze, also demonstrating in a Russian church can put you in a Siberian headspace. Yes. <laughs> for a long Very time. Very true. Uh, yeah, so I don't know. I wrap it up, I guess. Um, I I don't mind the song. I don't enjoy it. Probably will never listen to it again. But. but uh, does it suck? <laughs> this particular song I think does suck, but I don't hate all yes songs. So. <laughs> oh, man. That's a. That's a that's a that's a that's a hurtful statement for a piece of art right there. Aaron, you have any final parting thoughts? Uh, yes, is fucking amazing. Period. Uh, my final parting thoughts is that the orange wax eclipse uh, did not change dramatically as it warmed up, um, and is probably if you're only going to buy one bottle because you'd be an ass clown if you buy all the bottles. Uh, they're too too expensive for what they are. I would buy one of the other ones just to. I would be willing to bet that something else is is the yeah. And uh, in future podcasts, we'll get a better idea of what some of the other ones taste. So, taste Chris, like does this beer that. fucking suck? This beer does not fucking <laughs> suck. Nor does this song fucking suck. This beer is good, and I would buy it in a bar if somebody were pouring a pint. I don't think you'll find it on draft anywhere. But if somebody were splitting this bottle, I would. You know, you're never going to complain about a good bourbon barrel. I would stuff. give it three and a half stars, which is a star and a half more than I'd give the song we listen to. So on that note, thanks for tuning in uh, another episode of Prognosis Podcast. Uh, if you're listening to this, that means I figured out how to do multi-track on uh, Garage GarageBand. Uh, thanks to oh, Chris good for, you. for putting our new uh, microphones together. And uh, hopefully 2014 we'll have some uh, more and better episodes for oh, your listening a, pleasure. And a final note, um, I, uh, Aaron and I have, discuss, have discussed and we would prefer to also intersperse the occasional... Uh, you bring in a black metal song and try and convince us that it does not fucking suck. <laughs> Will do. <laughs> <laughs> All right, All thanks right. everybody. Signing off.